With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and by my side, as always, is that B-A-double-D-A-double crooked letter, badass Billy Gunn. Together we are the New Age Outlaws, and you're listening to the VOC Nation. And if you ain't down with that, we've got two words for you. Suck it. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, who you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact, Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, and former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirtz. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirtz, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern, and of course, In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. Okay, guys. Let's play a little hockey. in hockey, let's do that hockey. Welcome to the Stadium Journey Podcast, proud to be part of the VOC Nation Radio Network. Stadium Journey is more than just an awesome podcast. Our website, stadiumjourney.com, contains over 2,500 stadium reviews, news items, and features perfect for the traveling sports fan. In addition to the website, we are all over social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Like and follow us everywhere. And as you may or may not know, the Stadium Journey Podcast is the perfect companion to take with you while you're on that road trip or while you need something to binge watch during the pandemic. Maybe you're snowed in. Maybe it's zero degrees where you are. Who knows? To find us, just type in VOC Nation Radio Network into your podcast search app or go to the website and look under the podcast tab. In addition, all of our old video podcasts are on the Stadium Journey YouTube channel. Like I said, that's perfect for binge watching. And we also stream live right now and every other Tuesday at 8 p.m. at twitch.tv slash danlaw83. And everyone who is watching us right now, thank you for coming. And don't be afraid to participate in the show. We try to make this interactive. Trying. And now, we try, yeah. And now, let me introduce our starting lineup. Dave Cotney is with us as always. Please follow him at ProFan9. Mark Viquez is on the social medias at Ballpark Hunter. Our producer, the above average comedian, Dan Kalachiko, is online at DanLaw83. And I am Paul Baker. You can follow me at PuckmanRI. 
And also joining us tonight is Kelly Levy from the Obey the Puck podcast. You can't follow Kelly online anywhere because she is smarter than all of us. Yeah. But you can follow the Obey the Puck Very show much. at Obey Puck Show. So today it's our third annual crossover episode. Woo! Hey. And our topic today is Southern Hockey. Are you sure about that? No. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I didn't know. Are we doing Southern Hockey or are we doing expansion? Uh, they're kind of one in the same because, as you know, hockey started up in the cold places. And somebody said, hey, there's a lot of money down there. Yeah. Let's, move Let's move and get some of that money. And then leave so, them and move them back to Canada. Exactly. It's like, like stretching a rubber band. Yes, it is. Yes, we're talking about Southern Hockey, this one. Southern Hockey. So, let's let's start with the big boys. Let's start with the NHL. Southern Expansion. How's it going? Shall we do this on a case-by-case basis or just take it as a big old picture? Well, I, I would like to uh, start it off tonight, actually. Okay. Because uh, my knowledge of uh, minor Southern Hockey is like a 30%. That's why we have Kelly with us. That's exactly because so this will be a Kelly podcast. But I I thought it was timely because that article by the Athletic, um, I think it was Katie Strong. I forgot her name as soon as I isn't it Strang? Strang, it's Katie yes, Strang. Yes, it is. Great, Katie Strang. Correct. Uh, the article about this very in depth and very involved article about the Coyotes came out for the Athletic. Yeah, I saw that. And uh, I. I've been calling, for selfish reasons, I've been calling for the end of the Coyotes for many years. It's been documented on the podcast. Um, a lot but, of podcasts, yes. Yes, yeah. not just not just hours and not just one episode, many times. Um, holy God, is that a waste of space, time, energy, money, and, and, uh, and, and life? Um. From management to leadership, I, I, I don't have the words to say. Is it working? Not really. <laughs> no. I think we can safely say after all these years, guys, that the Phoenix Coyotes are not working. Um, I think you want to ask the question, though, why isn't it working? What, well, apparently incompetent and shitty management, number one. <laughs> number two. That's That's – Okay, so that's a good part of it. You're, you're st- the story is not that old because the, the owner they're talking about has only owned the team like I think it's less than a full year, isn't it? Yeah, but and they, there's plenty of examples. They've been losing money since year one, Dave. Like, like fair enough. Hemorrhaging, fair enough. hemorrhaging money. And listen, I don't want any hockey team to fail. Um, I I wish all the hockey teams everywhere uh, we'd have less to talk about on the podcast uh, would would work. Uh, AKA the Atlanta Flames, uh, AKA the Atlanta Thrashers, but it's just not the way it's work. I just don't understand why one team can lose money and have an ownership that doesn't seem to care, and then the other team could lose maybe three times as much money, have an even clustier effier. If that's a word, uh, front office and replace them, uh, more tone deaf front office and have to scold them in 2021 
and still be allowed to be because Gary Bettman says so. And it was very interesting. There's a, a gentleman that uh, YouTube – I wouldn't have thought of this unless he said of it, but it's uh, the hockey guy. And uh, we watched his video earlier today after the article came out. One of the things he said to me that struck me is whatever Gary Bettman saying, he's not calling Gary Bettman a liar or a scumbag, although I think he's a scumbag, but that's for another discussion for another time. Uh, but whatever Gary Bettman's saying, don't take him at his word because, of course, he's going to tell you everything's fine. Everything's not fine with <laughs> the Phoenix Coyotes. I don't know how many other clues, and you guys can take over the discussion. I put it out there so we can move on with the discussion now. Um, I don't know how many more clues or failures or, or lost revenue you need for someone to say it's time to move on. But I think that we're on chance six in the 21st century, let alone what happened to their first year and into the 21st century. I don't know. Kelly, what did you read in on it? Um, I have not read the article, so I only know. There's a paywall. Yeah, well, I and I I keep meaning to subscribe to The Athletic. Cause not, not Athletic, yeah, paywall. I think um, – it's um it's the kind of sports reporting that should be supported. Um it, not not ESPN. Well, yeah, it's not just talking heads endlessly kind of thing. So anyways, different point. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Um sure. it, it's Arizona. Uh, you know, clearly the NHL really, really wants that market for some reason. I I, I mean, I guess corporate, they like corporate. Yeah, they like TV they, they can go meet there, and there's it's great weather, and the golf courses are awesome, and whatever. <laughs> but it 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 clearly hasn't worked since it, since the beginning. I mean, it just there's and they've been through I don't know how many ownership groups trying to work it out. They've been through two arenas. Is it two or more? Three arenas. Two, is it two, two arenas. Is it two? I arenas? think it's two. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean. I, yeah, it, it it just sounds like it's it's time to to stop and move on. I, the madness. I don't know. You know, they pulled the plug on Atlanta after what five years, ten years? I it was say. ten. It was around ten. Was yeah. it ten? Uh, yeah. So who knows? I don't. I I don't. I don't care. I am so over the NHL right now. I could care less. <laughs> okay, so here's your list. Seattle, Tampa, uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Detroit, Denver, Miami, Cleveland, Sacramento, Portland, Charlotte, St. Louis, Indy, Pittsburgh. Those are all TV markets that are smaller than Phoenix. So why is the Phoenix Coyotes still around? Because they're the number 11 TV market yep. in the United States. Yep. Okay. Is that TV revenue bumping up over the revenue loss of people not giving a shit that there's a team in Phoenix? Well, or wherever they are? who knows? But could is there any way that they could have succeeded? So, so here's and I'm I'm not you know um, invested in this in the Phoenix in the Arizona Coyotes or anything like that. <laughs> I'm, I'll just take the other side. Here's your first problem. We all keep trying to call to. them the Phoenix Coyotes. <laughs> there's, there's your first thing. So, so here's here's the start. They moved from Winnipeg. They moved to Phoenix. They play in what is essentially the uh, Barclays Center 
of an arena, right? Yes, Same sort true. of deal. Horrible sight lines. It, it, they play an arena built for basketball. Did they, they get a new arena. Gila, did they play in the Gila River? Yes. Okay, so, they, all right, so that's where the Suns still are. Okay, they yes. made yeah, they, played, arena. they yep. played where the Suns are. Now they play in walking stick lizard cactus. So after that, they get their own building. But they get their own building not in Scottsdale, where the people are. They get it in Glendale, which is um, way far away from everything else, right? Yep. Who's going to succeed? Yeah. Who's going to succeed in in that in that scenario? I mean, here's here's a perfect a perfect comparison, and they're about the same results. Now, present present uh, uh, story aside, which really has nothing to do with it being in Arizona. I mean, it could happen anywhere. Um, bad ownership is bad ownership. But how different are the Arizona Coyotes from the Ottawa Senators? They're not. They should both be moved. The, the Senators started in a junior hockey arena, uh, 10,000 10, fans, right? They they came in the league with the caveat that they were going to get a new building. Their new building was not in the Breton Flats, which is downtown and close to everything. Um, their new building was Canada. basically a real estate gamble in Canada, which is way, <laughs> way far outside, away from everybody, yeah. right? Are they succeeding? Well, they've already declared bankruptcy once. Um they have the worst attendance, I think this year or the the last year they took attendance. You're saying not this year. They had they had the worst attendance. It's a 31 way tie this year. Yeah. So, you know, it. What I guess I guess the big question is 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 what do those TV ratings look like in Phoenix? And, and that's and that's really the question. And I don't I don't have an answer for that. I don't know if any of us have an answer for that, but. That's why the Coyotes are still there. Well, it's enough for the NHL to keep them in Phoenix, plus the corporate sponsorship. Uh, let's say they move to Quebec. I mean, if you compare the city's corporate sponsorships and the TV ratings, Phoenix uh, just destroys Quebec City, even though the passion, the fans, the ticket sales would be much higher in Quebec City. Are, are they? Do they? What, do are they we what? sure about that? Or are you, are you I, talking a, 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 a hypothetical? Well, I'm not sure what you're asking. About the TV ratings being better in I'm, No, I'm America. just saying, no, no, you have – no, no, well, I know what you mean. The t- let me clarify. The, the size t- of the TV market. The size oh, of the TV market. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, TV right, ratings. But a bigger market with, with a point five is less viewers than a small – than well, I mean, you know, a mid-sized market with a, with a 20. I, I, you know, I guess if we own an NHL team or any kind of professional team, it's probably the reason why the L.A. Clippers have remained in L.A. since 1984. And oh, absolutely. Why the Devils are still playing Newark rather than, you know, going elsewhere. It's just it's too uh, it's too lucrative to go, you know, anywhere else. It's, it's amazing to think that. but It's very interesting. When you type in the Phoenix Coyotes uh, television ratings, it's all on the rise, on the rise, on the rise, on the rise. There's no pinnacle. It doesn't seem like there's a plateau. It's just all on the rise all the time. Well, 2013, the Phoenix Coyotes ratings doubled. That's when you type it into Google. That's what you yeah. 
<laughs> on five to ten people. Well, then they, yeah. they haven't been good. You know, that's another thing. If Phoenix was a really great team and made the playoffs, maybe won a, a Stanley Cup, maybe made a run, had some high-caliber players, maybe that could change things in Phoenix. But that really hasn't been the case, or has it? Well, it's supposed to be the case now. They're supposed to have some good young talent. So, Dave, that was really interesting that you compared Phoenix to Ottawa because I was making a more obvious comparison, and I was comparing Phoenix to Atlanta. And why – maybe one of you guys can give your opinions on this. Why is the NHL so gung-ho on propping up the Coyotes in Phoenix where they seem to not really care about the Thrashers in Atlanta and they were okay with letting them go? Didn't they, they didn't have a choice. I think there was a situation where ownership was like, hey, we don't want this team. Yeah, I, I the, league, the league bought the Coyotes, right, at one point? Yes. Yeah. The league never stepped in for the Thrashers. Kelly, hold on. Kelly, what were you going to say? I was going to say, and Atlanta's a much bigger TV market. It's it's fifth oh. or something. It's yeah. seventh. I was going to say, it's like twice as high. It's isn't huge. It? Yeah. Yeah. And but, the, only, the only story I can find about TV ratings is this. <laughs> For the Coyotes, is they're they're shooting through the roof, but based on nothing. They're they're based on what the ratings were the year before. So they don't give you a baseline; they just tell you that they're up from what they were. That's what I was. That's what it I was could be six thousand people were watching in 2018, and then all of a sudden thirteen thousand were watching the next year. And <laughs> that's that's great percentage wise, but it doesn't you know the needle very different needle. That's, I was trying to say about all these articles, the, the, from what I was reading real quick, skimming through, is that there's no – No specifics. There's no specifics. There's no there's no bottom line that they're going, then this. And the, other, the newest article that I found was from January of last year, which – bittersweet – which was because of Taylor Hall and the, and the, the ratings are up, but they – but there, there's no – there's no baseline to. You mean it's the paper or some media outlet simply retyping a press release? Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. All the other articles are from NHL.com. Hmm. I'll just say it. <laughs> Dave, Dave, what do you got? Well, I think, I think, really, uh, the NHL had their feet held to the fire when it came to Atlanta. Um, the Atlanta ownership situation was atrocious. Yeah. Uh, they were, Absolutely. you had, you had two guys that were just fighting nonstop and they owned both the Hawks and the Thrashers as far as I know. Uh, and I think essentially what happened is they ended up telling the league, you know, not only do we want, not want you, but you're not playing in our building. And if you look at what happened, there was no there was no lead time the nhl did not they did not get to decide you know oh well we could go to seattle or we could go to portland or we could go to houston or we could go wherever you know it was uh, we have a couple months to get our a team up and running in a spot what's available and winnipeg went hi we got we got some ownership say hi or hey hey Um, because I don't think that the NHL was really itching to go back to Winnipeg. I, I, you know, the, 
the prospect of, of Winnipeg succeeding is, is such a hairline sort of situation because their building is so small compared to everywhere else. Like they sell out like crazy, you know, they're over a hundred percent capacity, but their building only holds about, sorry? Is it 14,000? 15, 15, 15. yeah. (laughs) But they, you know, they, that's it. Okay, Kel. It almost sounds like it's just bad business. Like if, if a team that can pack their building at, at 14,000 isn't going to break even, that perhaps the NHL franchise isn't a worthy investment unless you've got a 20,000-seat arena these days, which is what they push for everywhere they go and Perfect. everywhere they are currently. Eddie Hoop says on Twitter, uh, <laughs> I saw that Cody's are leading in the NHL in, uh, in attendance in 2021. <laughs> Good one, Eddie. Thank you, Eddie. Uh, fuck him, though. <laughs> he, almost, he almost had me. I'm like, what? Oh. Not not you, Eddie. I mean, the Coyotes. I don't. I, I just, I quite frankly, I look at it. I look for excuses to crap on uh, the front office of the NHL, and it's just not one of those things. It's just like, but the other, but, okay. What's up, Dave? Well, let's, let's make a comparison. Let's, it. So I, I did a little research today, and I took – if you take the expansion teams, right, and you divide them into two ways, right from the original six on. So you have, like, from 67 to 79 as one wave, and then you have from 91 to next year as the second wave, right, if you pack them all together. That first wave, which we think is, oh, wow, it's so great. Like, look at those teams. It was horrible. There were so many disasters and so many nearly averted disasters. Like in that first, okay, in the first six, you had L.A., Minnesota, Oakland, Philly, Pittsburgh, St. Louis. One, one, success, you could say one successful, one successful yeah. team. Okay. L.A. was a dog until Gretzky got there. Yep. Yep. Minnesota moved to Dallas. Yep. Oakland folded after bouncing around a couple times. Yep, they moved to Cleveland. And, uh, Philly merged with Minnesota. Yeah. Philly was good. Yep. Pittsburgh went bankrupt. Twice. Issues. The Blues were sold to Saskatoon. Saskatoon. And the, and the league stepped in and said no. The next wave is Buffalo and Vancouver. Buffalo's gone bankrupt. The next wave is the Islanders and the Atlanta Flames. The Flames moved to Calgary. The Islanders, it, we, it would take a whole show to, to go through the, the disaster yeah. of the Islanders with it. <laughs> Which I think we did on Obey the Fuck one. Uh, 74 was Washington and Kansas City. I think Washington's been decent outside of their initial ungodly, terrible <laughs> first time. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, there was a whole campaign. Kelly, what year was the 84? Was it 84, the Save the Cats? Well, sure was the 84 campaign. Sorry. <laughs> 82, Save the Cats. Okay. Even, the, even the Flyers were on the telethon. Okay. The um, so you got them. You got Kansas City, which moved twice. Well, Washington, it, even with that, Washington's still in the upper echelon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you got, in 79, you got Edmonton, you got the WHA teams. Edmonton, Hartford, Winnipeg, Quebec. Three of those have moved. Yeah, but why did Quebec move? Yeah, I was going to say, I think. <laughs> because I they didn't, 
have a building and their owner didn't care. And that's not the BM. Well, I, no, that's a, we're going to put an asterisk on Quebec. That, that, that's where the NHL was trying to get hip with the crowd with the rest of the, uh, the other four sports by putting teams in major markets. Because I remember when the NHL, you thought about putting a team in Texas or Florida, that that was an insane idea. Uh, you know, also you look at some of those expansion teams that had woes in the 1970s. I mean, it was a different world back then. A lot of NBA teams had had their woes too. I mean, the, the Celtics during their NBA. The whole NBA almost went out of business back the, then. The, the During their 12 championships, I don't think ever sold out. I think the Bruins outsold them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so different times back then. Different times back then. But, I, I, but you're right, you know, a lot of these teams have their ups and downs. I mean, the New York Rangers I don't think ever had never threatened to move, or the Montreal Canadiens, or the Montreal League. did threaten to move. We've talked about it. Oh, uh, well, in recent memory, yes. Recent memory. But then if you look at that next wave, sure, I mean, sure you have, like, an Atlanta, which sticks out. Um, you know, Phoenix, I, I don't know where you would classify Phoenix. Technically, they were Winnipeg before that, right? Um, but but uh, Atlanta's moved. Ottawa's gone bankrupt. You know, but look at the some of the other ones. Uh, San Jose has been very successful. Tampa's been successful. Florida, not so much. Anaheim has been decent. Yep. Uh, Nashville has been very successful. Columbus has been okay, I think. Minnesota has been very successful. Vegas has been very successful. See, that's where I was going to go. That's where I was going to go with the uh, conversation. I was going to say, okay, so it hasn't worked in the desert in Phoenix. Why is it working so well in Vegas? Location, location, location. Well, they also they also paid for a team. Uh, I always refer to uh, they they talked <laughs> they talked to Barry Trotz. I think it was before the Stanley Cup final with the Caps, and they were like, "So, how do you why do you think uh, Vegas has done so well as an expansion team?" <laughs> and his answer was, "That's not an expansion team." And <laughs> as a man who coached the Nashville Predators from their inception, he would know. <laughs> true, true that. Yeah, if anybody would know, you better try. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, they learn their, they definitely learn their lesson. If you're going to pay that kind of money for a team, you're getting an actual team that can compete pretty, should be able to compete pretty quickly if you're picking, if you pick well. And Vegas hit it out of the park when they, they picked their team clearly. I mean, the team gelled, they got the right, they just, they got it right that, that first year. But um, Seattle's getting the same treatment. They get their their pick of everybody except Vegas, which I'm sure is going over really well in the NHL world. Um, but yeah, so I, lessons learned there. I, I think Vegas is definitely the outlier with those those team the other teams you talked about where they were those were true expansion teams. I, I Flyers got like peanuts and Applejacks as players. Yeah. Well, yeah, they stuck all those teams in oh, their yeah. division. The, the expansion draft rules. Changed so crazily. But uh, well, like Kelly said, Vegas also did their homework and hit on so many middling, you know, who are considered middle middling talent. I mean, the the old expansion drafts you were getting scratched, and yeah, at least for the the ones now and what Seattle's going to be picking, it'll be interesting to see if Seattle can replicate what Vegas did. Yeah, yeah, they're going to have. Yeah, I mean, in this weird world where they don't even know what they're doing with the draft and all this kind of stuff it, that that will be pretty intriguing to see who winds up who winds up going there they've been waiting a long time man i have a hypothetical to end the phoenix uh coyotes diatribe 
because I really am tired of talking about a team that I didn't even name correctly. Uh, Arizona. So hypothetically, vaccinations happening by next season, people are allowed to file back into the arena, which looks like probably going to happen. Does TV revenue save a team that can't fill a building even half, half, like, if Phoenix looks like the Florida Panthers attendance-wise, how much longer can the NHL keep going? Yeah, no, it's fine. Does it matter? Is there a life? Because I, I, I don't know. I just feel like this is close to the end here before where the others were just like, probably not. This is just like, uh, I don't think this is going to stick around anymore. I don't know. I could be crazy. I think it depends on the arena deal. The Florida, which I didn't know, um, and I forget where I, someone, I was talking with someone about it. Florida has probably the sweetest, like, arena deal in the league, which is why they can have no one in the building and they, they don't care. They apparently make so much money on everything else there. Oh, wow. that the, the Panthers are just, they're happy to have people in the building buying popcorn and hot dogs. But Great. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what effect that has on the, Panthers finances, I don't know, but um, so I, I guess it comes down to whatever the deal is with the uh, arena for Arizona. Dave, okay, so let's. I, I, I don't really have anything to say about Arizona. I, it's wait and see, right? Yeah, I'm amazed they've lasted this long, so I'm the wrong person to ask. Uh, but I will say this about Vegas. Vegas, to me, has, outside of that expansion team, and, you know, they, I would say they they got lucky in that the Penguins had a new goalie coming up, and they exposed Marc-Andre Fleury, because really he was the only star that that Vegas got a hold of. Okay? I'm not laughing at you, Dave. <laughs> Uh, they're lucky with who? Murray or, or Jerry? Because they both suck. Well, <laughs> take your pick. It doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, uh, they had two big things going for them. Number one, they were the first. Yeah. And and people that live in Vegas. Oh, the first in Vegas. Okay, yep. Appreciate that the NHL was willing to go to Vegas. That they didn't have to swipe another team or anything like that. Um, when when I was there, like people were talking about that, like this is this is a big deal that that uh, a league would actually put a team in Vegas. Secondly, and I've been to I've been to 24 current NHL buildings. No team puts together a production like the Vegas Golden Knights. Out of my 24, it's my second favorite. It and, and I went in expecting nothing. And I walked out going, wow. So where everything in Vegas is show, you know, whether it's Celine Dion or Britney Spears or Siegfried and Roy or David Copperfield or whoever, the Golden Knights are right on par with that. They know who their audience is, and they know what they're doing. 
Hawk, did I see you or something? No, I was uh, – I, I was going to mention something about Vegas, uh, you know, being one of those cities that if you had told me 10 years ago, I would tell you – I would have said that's crazy to go back uh, to put a team in Las Vegas. I just didn't think there was a market for it. But as Dave said, uh, the marketing, the production value, uh, people that go to Las Vegas to visit, that's an entertainment option. Why not watch a, a National Hockey League team? Uh, there's a lot of people come from cities who have never been to an NHL arena. A lot of my friends here in Indianapolis, they just know minor league hockey. They've never been to a Blackhawks game or a Blue Jackets game. Those are the closest cities to us. So if you're in Vegas, that's just you know part of the show. Just like you're right, Stigfried and Roy or, or watching JLo, uh, you know all those other entertainment options. Stigfried and Roy are both gone now. They're both gone, and, and Brittany's having some struggles with her father. So <laughs> I hear that uh, documentary is pretty excellent, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, all right, so I wanted to steer the conversation. I want to do another compare and contrast kind of thing here. I want to look at the two teams in Florida. Dave, you, you did a great rundown of teams that have done well, decent to well, and teams that have done fair to poor. Florida, great case example. Tampa, pretty successful team, both on and off the ice. Florida Panthers, not so much. What's going on in Florida? Well, I think, I think Florida came in, well, Florida came in with the Ducks. And really, both of those teams came in for one reason. And it was the same reason, and it was who their owners were. So the Ducks came in with Disney, and and um, the NHL wanted to get in with Disney. Uh, the the Panthers came in with Wayne Huizenga and Blockbuster, and <laughs> and they wanted to get in with them too. Uh, I think they they did better coming out of the gate because yeah, they, of, they made the finals in what their second year, uh, third. I think 96. The rat. You're the rat. The rat rat trick. Um, But, you know, at that time they were playing out of the Miami arena, which was the same place that the Heat was playing out of. And, you know, that was the place to go. And when they got a new building, uh, and I don't fully understand the politics that was going, that were going on down there. You know, the Heat got their own building, which is in, in Bicane Bay in a great spot. And then the Panthers got their arena in Sunrise out by the big outlet mall, right? Which and is kind of like Ottawa's situation, right? Like Ottawa, like Phoenix. So, you know, it's it's a ways away. And if you know uh, Miami at all, I mean, Miami's kind of a long and skinny kind of city, right? Along the coast for the most part. And and Sunrise is quite a ways from everything. So, again, I think it, I think it has to do with location. Um, it's a decent enough building, but you know, again, it, how are you, how are you marketing, right? Like, if you think of Tampa, you know, who who have you been able to market? You've been able to market uh, Vincent LeCavalier or or uh, Martin Saint Louis or Steven Stamkos, or even in the beginning, you, you know, you 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 marketed Phil Esposito, right? Like. Man there always, seemed, yeah. Man there always seemed to be like a, a focus with Tampa at the beginning. And although Florida had more success, they didn't have that. They didn't have that focus. You know, that team, that team that went to the cup, they had John Van Beesbrook and, and Scott Mellenby and, and a bunch of guys named Fred, you know, Kevin Burry. 
<laughs> Pavel so doesn't was, mean Fred. <laughs> I don't think Pavel Burry was on that team that went to the cup, were they? Was he? No, I think he came along later. Didn't he? I don't think it was that, yeah, that he year. Was still in Vancouver, right? Scott Mellenby was the leading scorer of that team, and he had like oh, then it's definitely not Burry. Forty points there. or something. <laughs> they were a New Jersey Devils style team, right? Like a yeah. left wing lock. But boring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All those crappy teams. And <laughs> <laughs> you can have playoff success. You be championship caliber. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, an, it's interesting because oh, I, I don't remember the early – I don't remember how how the Lightning did early on. Were they Did they make the playoffs within, like, five years? I, I if they did, they didn't make a splash because yeah, I don't remember the them standing out, but – they kind of look, took this tortoise in the hair route if we're talking about these two these two teams. Well, yeah, yeah. you got to think about when Tampa Bay they made the playoffs their their fourth year ninety five ninety six lost to the Flyers in the quarterfinals. But you got to look at Tampa Bay back in when did they ninety two ninety three was their first year. Yeah, uh, you didn't have baseball. The Buccaneers were the Buccaneers still, and you know it was it was a good market to have this new fresh hockey team. Uh, so I think people probably gravitated them more than maybe they did in Miami. And and I know both both were set up to attract to the Snowbirds from Canada, New York and Boston who grew up watching hockey, so especially Miami. Well I wish I had a fifty six percent playoff uh win percentage and have two cups. <laughs> well look is at the, their is family arena downtown? Yep. Yeah it's in fact have in the middle. And and yep. they were playing out of the Thunderdome at the time of baseball. That's right. That's right. They they hold the uh, NHL attendance playoff record, I believe. But look at look at their like each team has had first overall picks, right? So uh, I can think of two that the Lightning have had. They got Le Cavalier and they got Steven Stamkos. Goal scorers, exciting, you know, easy to market. When the when the Panthers had a number one pick, they got Ed Jovanovski. Jovanovski, yeah. You know, and I don't. I'm not suggesting that that was a bad pick. I am. It's probably just the year that, um, you know, there wasn't a, a, a Steven Stamkos available. But, you know, how do you market, how do you market Ed Jovanovsky, a big, you know, crushing defenseman, not going to score a lot? It, it's, it's a, it's a tougher sell. What do you think, Kelly? You were, I think we cut you off there. Oh, no, it's, it, it's just interesting. I, have, talking through all this, I don't think there's some magical recipe for success. It totally depends on a confluence of lots of different things. Uh, you know, you, you need the team to start being competitive at some point early on, even if it's just getting to the playoffs and then kind of taking your lumps and figuring it out. Because, um, yeah, I mean, with that, you would think that Florida would have kind of had the edge there with making to making it to the finals in '96, but then I think have they, have they won a series since they made it to the finals? I know they've been in the playoffs, but it's been like 20 years since they've won a playoff series. You know, if when they've been in the playoffs and stuff like that. Um, yeah, Tampa obviously Tampa got two great stars to to kind of build their brand around and. And then the no, wow, they have not won a playoff series. Not one. I just looked 90. it up. They have Since zero. Eighty-six. Yeah. Wow. They've only made the playoffs five times in that. Yeah. And that, they have wow. won. Wow. 
And they went from the Stanley Cup final to the very next season losing in the first round. Yeah. <laughs> so. I know, You know, if Till Kelly mentioned that, I that never crossed my mind. About well, that, that explains why the attendance during a pandemic and the pan, uh, the attendance during regular times is the same. So it's that that '96 year and was was like their highlight. Yeah, nice. Wow. Yeah, now we're in 2021. Jeez, 25 years later. Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking at the <clears throat> 19 the 1994 draft. So oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I skim through. I guess I would have gone with Jovo as the number one pick. Who's uh, number two? Uh, Tevardoski. And three? Radic Bonk was number three. Oh, yeah. shit. I would have gone with Jovanovski. The too. first forward that was right. uh, Jeff O'Neill is number five. Ryan Smith was number six. Uh, Ryan Smith. He's Ryan Smith, the best out of that bunch. He's a, he's a player, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jeff Friesen's number 11. And Friesen Matthias, wasn't bad. Matthias Olin is number 13. Uh, everyone else in the first round didn't uh, what year spend is significant time in the NHL, really. I, there's a couple of the other Lindros. <laughs> the other Lindros. Ooh. Eric, yeah, he, uh, not Eric. Uh, who was Brett. Brett, Brett, yeah, he, re- he retired very young, correct? Yeah. yeah Second year, did. I think. Yeah. Patrick, they both Elias, did. Patrick Elias went number 51 in the second round. Uh, yeah, wow. I mean, that's just kind of a. Wow. That was a blue pick back when. Double you, you really got to time your tanking well. Yeah, that, was, that was not the year to have the first pick. Wow. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, wait now. Daniel Alfredson was available. He got picked in the sixth round. <laughs> so, wow. yeah, it's all about uh, scouting that year, I guess. Because, <laughs> right. yeah, there's not there. There's not much there. All right. So, yeah, Kelly, you brought up a, a great point, and I could it segues into our next topic here. So, yeah, you were saying it takes really – there's not one thing you can point to and say, this is why this team did well or this team did not do well. It seems to be a confluence of factors. So are there are there issues that southern teams have to deal with that northern teams don't have to worry about? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, hot. Just the fan base not being which, familiar which with the sport. It'd be nice. I can see Lloyd Rothwell's watching. Well, I know Carolina, when they – when the Hartford Whale moved there, they had Tom – who was it? Uh, Richard Richard Petty uh, promote the team. And I think their Zamboni was dressed as a – as a, what do you call it? NASCAR with the stripes. I mean, they really were trying to get people familiar to this uh, sport of hockey. So you wouldn't see that up in – you know, if you put an expansion team in – you know, when you put, went back to Minnesota, the fans knew this sport. They were familiar with it. So when you go into a new market where fans are not hockey savvy, have not watched it on TV, can't pronounce some of the names of the players because that's so difficult, complain that they can't find the puck on the ice, yeah, you're going to run into things like that. Listen, if you can't see the puck hockey, on the ice, I don't want you to watch. Hockey has the worst names. <laughs> they are – it's okay, Jonathan Taze, I'm done. That's – that is – you look at that – Look at his name. That's not how you pronounce that name. I don't know if that's wrong. <laughs> okay. Oh, like the James River? Like Toes. Toes, yeah. How is it spelled? Toes. T-O-W-A-S. With Toes. It's Taze? No. Towels. Wrong. What about oven chicken? 
Paul Paul referred to it in the beginning of the episode, the the chance the rapper hockey bit, where he's interviewing the the player on the the Rangers, and he's like, "What's your name?" Turn right. Turns around, and it's the guy with no vowels in his name, H R K, whatever it is, and he's like, "Nope," <laughs> and he just moves on. There's a guy in Detroit, F R K. How do you say the? How do you say the name F R K? Dave, what's up? Well, if you uh, like. You're talking about educating the audience, and I, I totally agree. Uh, you know, Dan says he can possible. He's been trained, and he's learned how to follow the play because you can't, like, when that puck is against the boards closest to you, you don't see it, right? I've, I've never had that problem, so I, it doesn't, I, I can't. No, you, but you just but you, were you just know how to age. follow the play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, true. And, and, and if you are if if you're new, it's like it's like watching lacrosse for the first time, right? You have to follow the play. You can't see the ball all the time. You have to you have to know what those movements look like and have a general idea of where the ball is going to go. Hockey's the same, right? You do, you can't see the puck when it's against when it's against the boards. You have to have a sense of where it's going to go. You have to be able to follow what those players are doing follow their movements and you know for it's it's like it's like sitting uh you know mark you might have this you have kids who 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 talk about the super bowl and they have no idea what's going on because they don't understand football at all right Mm -hmm. you know i have kids like that i don't football what is that i don't get it at all i have a wife that says that (laughs) (laughs) but you have to you have to learn and you know, if if the the fan base doesn't know, they have to learn. It's like it's. All right, I think, of, have a, I, think ahead, have a, I think um there is a mixture in the south, just like in in any area, but especially when it comes to hockey, there are hockey fans in the south, um, and there are there are people who who came from the north and they they moved south later in in life or whatever and they they were hockey fans and those usually in my experience um and I've I've grown up in in southern hockey cities for the most part maybe Hershey being the exception but you have uh you have people who are the ones who are like come on we're going to a hockey game and you spend the game talking and and teaching people um and and it is it's kind of like spreading the gospel like okay you know and explaining icing and all those things and that's that's part of i think that's part of the culture in a lot of um expansion cities so i i would say like if you're looking overall right if you're looking at and we're talking the nhl if you're looking at the nhl overall um i don't think if you're a fan from the north that you can really be a snob about it anymore. I don't think you can say, you know, oh, you guys down south don't know anything about hockey. Because I think there are plenty of examples of southern teams that are doing great. There are, I was going to say, that's why you got to break this whole NHL. There are so many minor league hockey teams in the south that are thriving during normal times that that excuse is just 
Well, they like the prices. They like minor league prices. Well, whatever. But yeah. still, if minor league prices were good, but the product was unappealing to anybody, the prices wouldn't matter at a certain well, point. I, I think another problem you have, I, I mean, I listen to WFAN out of New York on my uh, on, on radio.com, and we have people, you know, when Boomer Sison, who's a huge Ranger fan, starts talking about hockey, that his his rest of his crew starts making fun of him. Nobody likes hockey. Nobody likes hockey, Boomer, you know, and, and it goes on throughout the whole day. Hockey is mocked. Mm-hmm. And that's in the number one market where I grew up outside of New York, tons of Ranger fans, tons of Islander fans, tons of Ranger fans, I mean, uh, Devils fans. But yeah, you got people mocking. Different type of a-holes. Yeah, you got people mocking. Can you imagine listening to Philadelphia radio or Montreal radio, Boston radio with that type of attitude? Do me a favor. They, Philadelphia has that kind of attitude. They do? Okay. It's an Eagles town. Anytime the Flyers do something, they cover it for about an hour, and then it's what Carson Wentz, how thick was Carson Wentz turd last hour that he took? Oh, we need to trade. They, Philly has been so crappy. Oh. Philly Sports Radio was so crappy to the two teams that had – the three teams even, although baseball is revered as much as football in that city. But, I mean, the last time I was listening to Sports Radio, and that's a long time ago, it was all about the Eagles and the Phillies, and the Sixers and the Flyers were an afterthought unless they had something wow. negative to say about them. And those are the two teams that brought championships to the city before the other ones. Blows my mind. Well, I mean – I hate Philly sports. I hate you. What about Boston? Do they, do they mock? Do they? There are two sports radio stations in Boston, and one took the opinion of. Or it used to be uh, EEI and the Sports Hub, and EEI didn't have the Bruins game. The sports Hub did. EEI would be the ones mocking, and they were talking about the Bruins, and the Sports Hub ended up skyrocketing past them in ratings. Whereas EEI blew up the whole format and had to start over. Um, Mark, you had actually mentioned fickle fan bases, and that this made me think about a team that really has a fickle fan base because we were not so long ago on our, on Obey the Puck making fun of their fan support, which was like ten thousand a game. But then they got good, and then the crowds took off. I'm talking about the Carolina Hurricanes. No, Did we okay. classify them as a success story? or non-success, or because they're riding the waves up and down depending on their success. What would we say about them? I mean, I to the discerning eye, I would say that they're not a success, but, I mean, what do I know? Well, I was going to say what Mark was going to say. Well, we were just talking last year on Obey the Puck, how they might move to Houston after the current. Right, right. Whatever. So I don't know yet. I but mean, the, yeah. when do you call it a success? After 20 years? It's been 20 years, right? Right, so I'm saying is 20 years – can we say 20 years is technically successful and then after that it's an afterthought? I don't know. That's my. That's why I asked the question. I, because <laughs> in my opinion – Did you bring no, data? Did you bring data? That's, that's what I'm saying. Go ahead, Kel. I, I was just answering the question, no. Well, because I was going to say successful franchise is a franchise that has a team in or, or has a city, stays in that city until tips up. I would say there's got to be a level of support, good or bad. Would we call the Rangers a success after all these years if they suddenly moved? Hypothetical, long-ass, long-winded hypothetical, but 
if you're there over 90, what? how many years is it now? 90? Or 90, 90, 90 something, yeah. 1920. If they moved, nobody would call them unsuccessful. No, you're right. Absolutely. So there's got to be a – we got to put a stamp on uh, – if you hit 50 well, think, years – go ahead. Um, Carolina's one of those um, – one of the teams where uh, they got an arena built in the bigger city. So they when they go down there, they're in Greensboro, which it's Greensboro. It's nothing. There's an arena. That's about it. Um, but then they get an arena built in Raleigh, which is beautiful. It's one of the few NHL arenas I've been to. Um, and it's, I mean, it's not in the middle of Raleigh, but it's not that far. It's right off, it's right off the highway. Um, so, you know, in, in that, that seems to be a part of that recipe for success. It seems to be for hockey. I would say that having the arena in or very adjacent to the downtown area seems to be extremely helpful. Carolina is a, a different, a different bird too, though. Like they're a, they're a secondary tenant in their own arena, um, but they're well, a college team. That's when it's yeah, is. it's but that's but Raleigh's like that, right? Like if you if you said Raleigh, most people in North Carolina would not say the Hurricanes; they would say NC State, right? And and NC State is wildly popular for football, which the the stadium is just across the parking lot, the football stadium, and, and then. You know, everybody knows of Jim Valvano and, and the miracle run that the Wolfpack made to to a national championship, and 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 they're still wildly popular there. So, I mean, it, Carolina's location is an interesting one because it's proven to be a place that people will go to, right? And to think that you know college football or college basketball is just well, you know, it's just a bunch of students going. No, not even close. But but you know is Carolina successful? You know, if you look at attendance, the attendance like three years ago of the Avalanche was in the bottom five, and then the last year that they took attendance, they were fourth overall, right? It, it to say oh well I'm I'm marking this day and and this team's successful, this team's not successful. It's it's too fluid, you know could. Could the Arizona Coyotes be a, a huge success? Of course they could. What would happen if uh, the number one draft pick overall yeah, did like not go to the Toronto Maple Leafs and went to the Arizona Coyotes? And Austin Matthews, a hometown kid, came to play in Arizona. You don't think that would make a difference? Well, make Taylor a Hall huge, didn't make a difference. Huge he's, difference. He's but Taylor Hall is not from Arizona. But I'm talking about okay, well, fair enough. Well, I'm just saying, like, if you had this generational talent, I, I stand corrected. I sit correct. Now, if Taylor Hall stayed and led them to great success, and there was no pandemic, who knew? Who would have known? Okay, for our last for our last thing, I want to I want to go out west because this is going to start maybe in the NHL and then go down to the minor leagues. Just part of the discussion. So, um, we got three teams out in California. Varying levels of success. We got the Kings who've been there since they were one of the first expansion teams, yeah, but struggled 67. for a long time. Yep. Uh, you got the Ducks who've done well, won, won a championship. The Kings have won three in the last decade. Two. Uh, two? Yeah, that's right. I was thinking of Blackhawks for some reason. Um, but 
the California team seemed pretty solid. We're talking about these up and down teams right now, anyway. The three California teams seem seem okay. Thoughts? Yeah, they, they seem fine. I'm not too worried about. Yeah, we'll see what happens with San Jose now that they're not going to be so good. But <laughs> well, I think you I think you've had stable ownership there for the most part. I, I yeah, don't know. I I think it's been one group the entire. Maybe not with the Kings. I know it hasn't no, been with the definitely Kings. Definitely not the that Kings. Was, Jack Kent Cook was involved in the whatever, he was <laughs> but um, you know, but you've you've had a for the most part one group there, and then of course yeah. Disney's not. Never mind, that doesn't work. I don't know. It's California. There's people there, and the teams have been good. <laughs> right. So it'll be it'll be interesting now because the Ducks have been bad for a few years. The Sharks are going to be trending down. The Kings have been down since their cups. Yeah, but they just won the cups. Settle yeah. settle down, L.A. Pretty, pretty, Go watch basketball. Yeah. I don't but, know if you've met any sports fans lately, but I mean, what, six yeah. years is a really long time. I have seen, just to sidetrack real quick, just to, based on what Kelly said, I have seen every time we log into YouTube or go to a fucking sports website, six articles about should the Penguins be built. You assholes! You want three cups? Calm the fuck down! Sorry. Right. Calm down, Jack. Well, yeah. well, here's the thing about the California teams. They're all in big markets, so once again – you're sitting in the L.A. market with two of those clubs, and the other one is the San Jose-San Francisco market. It can't be that bad for ownership. All I know is, is I play uh, uh, online with a bunch of guys from, uh, I guess, Central California? Not really Southern. The Fresno-Sanger area, who always talk about the Fresno Falcons or the Fresno Monsters and uh, or the San Jose Sharks or the LA Kings. So they're even though they hate, they will not talk about hockey, but they know that those teams and they will watch those teams, right? So that it seems to be in the NHL level, at the very least in California, all you have to do is have to have a team sniff out somebody and they will watch. You know what I mean? They might not necessarily make the drive to LA, but they'll support the team some other way. I think Gretzky really opened the market there. Right? Sure. Like he he made he not only made the Kings viable, he made oh. them cool. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Well, right? he made them cool except for their uniform when they went black and white, which is the stupidest goddamn thing I've ever seen. But that's neither here nor there. Oh, they were black oh, yeah. and silver, and they did that on purpose so that they, they could suck. leech off the Raiders. The Raiders. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, Gretzky Gretzky opened up U.S. expansion. I mean, that trade. Without that trade, if he stays at Edmonton. NHL could look a lot different. Maybe that expansion would have taken place eventually. But all of a sudden, yeah. it was cool to go to a Kings game. I mean, I think Ronald Reagan was attending games. Oh, thank God. <laughs> when you Diane say cool, we all say Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Ronald Reagan ever saw a darn hockey game in his lifetime. So <laughs> I do, I okay, mean, Jack Nicholson, Diane Cannon. Cool. There you go. That's better. I will say this as far as the Jersey thing. When I think – Stable and a team to leech off of. I think Raiders. Yeah. Oh, everybody Oakland, was going LA, black. They've, they've had the same look forever. The look, don't forget, but they've no. been to four cities since I've been alive. But stop, stop. When the when the Kings changed their jerseys to look like the Raiders, everybody was ra- wearing Raiders they gear. Fucking sucks. White socks. Black and white, better than purple and gold. It doesn't. They didn't want to look like the Lakers. They wanted because to be cool. Because they sold the Lakers. Ice Cube make was wearing. That's that's why they want to look cool. It was the late eighties. Well, it coolly sucks. 
everybody want a black and silver. That was this. That was the I thing. I can't too. wear purple. A couple I'm years the, later, I can't wear purple as a man. Uh, everybody <laughs> bought it. Black is still a cool color Jesus too. Jesus Christ. That's, and it didn't stop because everybody you get from the, the impression Mets that Dan was born had in black jerseys. <laughs> Even the Flyers had a black jersey. I know it's it's, so it's, that's the worst. I know. I know. But they yeah, everybody were, went black they, in the 90s. Everybody yeah. went black. Even the did the Bruins sue Pittsburgh from going black? That was really before then, yeah. really black and gold. Really, you guys got to fight over black and gold. They did. They did. They did. Oh they did. They did. They had, so Mark is right. That did happen. That's amazing. Because the Penguins Listen, switched mid-season. I'm not arguing that, that now. I'm not arguing it sold more, Dave. I'm arguing that it fucking sucks. <laughs> I do like the purple. I would love for them to go like purple, black, and white a little bit more. I think that'd be a cool little combo. Oh, my God. I'm sure Bruce McDowell would not agree with you there. I don't give a shit what Bruce McWhatever the fuck was. You know what? But how much money did he make out of it? He doesn't care that you Mm. don't like it. He made millions of dollars off the change. I know that. But who looks at even the the mid-2000s jerseys with the purple in there and the patch that goes, yeah, black and white, sure. Nothing says street cred like purple and gold. Unless you well, I, all those Lakers fans would like to have a word with you, Dave. <laughs> Ice T and Ice Cube and all those rapper guys were In not the wearing area. Laker gear. Well, they, again, they were wearing the colors of a team that moved to four cities since I've been alive. That was Al Davis. Black and white is boring. Did you see the Al Davis special? Jeez, they're not black and white. Black and sil- silver black and is black silver. and boring. Put a little purple trim in there. Hey, we changed our jerseys this year. We notched the, 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 the we added an extra black or silver line around our pets. Great. Thanks, Gretzky. So while we're hanging out in California. <laughs> The AHL decided they wanted to be where it was warm, too, and they moved like a quarter of the league from traditional minor league markets to California. How's that been working out, do you guys think? Kelly, this is why we brought you on. We're talking minor league It makes sense. I'm sorry. Is the screaming over? I hope so. Yeah. Okay. So what was Dan, your question? Does Dan do this on a regular basis? Yes. Like, like, for <laughs> like if he misses a turn? Does he yeah. freaking out? Okay, yeah. so so from now on, you are known as St. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, honestly, what was the question? Um, AHL <laughs> took took all the teams out of long time markets. Uh, you know, we're talking cities like Portland, Maine. Um, where else? I can't even think now. Norfolk. Manchester, yeah, I mean, maybe not, maybe not so traditional market, some of those. But anyway, took them all out of the Northeast and moved them out to California. It's like a whole bunch of teams. I got, now there are one, two, three, four, seven. five, six, seven, eight, nine. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm counting now, I'm counting Palm Springs and Henderson. So Henderson oh, just yeah. started. Palm oh, Springs hasn't started. Yeah. So that's what, nine? I forgot. But anyway, there's a whole bunch of teams out there. Uh, it seems to have worked for the, the teams that did it, right? They did it for logistical reasons for the most yeah. part, so that their players are in the same time zone as at least their home arenas. Um, I I can really only speak about Norfolk. I know Norfolk is not recovered very well at all from uh, from having the AHL team taken away from them. Um, Norfolk's kind of an interesting case. They were a huge success in the ECHL. 
Um, and that's why they bumped up to the AHL. Um, and it took a little while for that to catch on because that the ECHL team was was beloved in that area. That they love that team. Um, and I think it wasn't until the Blackhawks came to town, and of course it was those Blackhawks, the, the dynasty Blackhawks. Um, all those young players came into Norfolk, and, and they were seeing these guys uh, regularly, who did really really well. And then they got the then they were affiliated with uh, the Lightning. During you know the Lightning's been great. They were having trouble getting that cup, but they were great teams, you know. So they had all those young young players, and then it was just all taken away from them. And uh, they're back in the ECHL now, and that market is just like they just don't care. They don't want anything to do with that ECHL team. <laughs> well, yeah, um, yeah, I mean that's uh, sorry, Kelly. That mm-hmm. is fascinating how you have this market that wanted AHL hockey. They didn't want ECHL, and they weren't going. To support it, sort of like Binghamton, you know, they always wanted a the AHL. They didn't want anything lower or independent. Uh, when you look at a place like Fort Worth, I'm sorry, Fort Wayne, that supports the team no matter what league they're in. Uh, yeah. Fort Wayne's been in a lot of leagues. They've been they, in a ton of leagues. They've been in every league but the A. I think the AHL. <laughs> so you know, we look at Norfolk and then that like Adirondack had a team and they were drawing pretty well for the size of their market. And it's like, okay, we're going to put teams out west, which I get makes sense. But it's fascinating to see that each market is a little different from the other. You know, like if Utica, if you took Utica out, would they support ECHL or is that an AHL market only? That's a fascinating concept because you would think as long as you market it well, offer the same type of tickets, you should be able to draw no matter what league you're in. Yeah, Utica is is weird because I I don't think – Utica hasn't well Utica's had double A and lower teams and none of them have done particularly well. Except for this um, one recently. Well the, the but that's an AHL team. The AHL team yeah. The, yeah, the AHL team that that team is really support. They love that team. But and is that marketed well? Is that marketed really safe? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, they're the, that's a Canucks affiliate. It's the one team that didn't go west. Right, right. <laughs> and they and they flirted with taking them out, right? By all, yeah. by all yeah. measures, they easily can say, hey, we're putting our team somewhere in a new arena in BC. Right. Okay. Yeah, it, it just, it um, for, for some reason, uh, they they think of themselves in a, as an AHL town. Um, I don't know, I was going to talk about Portland, I don't know how, how the Mariners are doing there, the new Mariners. They're doing okay. Um, they're okay? Not, not, not compared to the Pirates, no. Not compared – okay, yeah. See, I, I, I was getting that sense. I know I know the Mariners have been working hard to to figure out how to how to get that audience back in because there's a, there's a bigger fan base there than, than what they've been drawing. So, yeah, I, you know, it, it's one of those the, – the cold, hard facts of business. You understand uh, why the West Coast teams want, want their young players close by um, but it just it, it just sucks the way that they did that to to towns and for the most part those towns hadn't done anything wrong it wasn't no, bad no, attendance right. or or there was some fight over you know the the players not getting the time it was just it was strictly a logistical right if you look, take a look at Manchester New Hampshire for example they, um, Ontario was forty miles from LA Manchester is three thousand miles they didn't stand a chance right. It's just we covered a lot of them in the puck, and I just wanted to add. Um, it's kind of like what we've been seeing with the minor league baseball this year. They were kind of just like ripped and taken away from, them. and we're going to put this in its place. And on a side note, 
He's in Power Rangers. He's also stuck. What? I heard Because the L.A. Kings jerseys. I was kidding. Well, I mean, we're we're talking a lot about you know what what was left behind. Well, what's the California been like? I mean, you've been to. You've been San, to San, Diego, those, San Diego's been wildly successful. I can say that. San Diego's always been a pretty good hockey. We, Kelly and I have stayed up and watched a lot of San Diego and uh, um, uh, um, the goals, uh, the goals, but uh, 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 and the Barracuda play each other, and those te- those games are well fucking attended. Yeah. Ontario, Ontario's doing well. They hosted the All Star game last year. They they do solid crowds, and Ontario and San Diego have a really nice rivalry. They're an hour and a half yeah. apart. Fans go back and forth. Um, even at the All Star game. Gulls fans were booing the uh, the rain players. I like that. I like <laughs> um, San Jose plays Same at rain. the Sharks Arena, so I don't think they, they get good times. They draw nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine that being. But they don't care because yeah, right. this is the care. same arena that all they all they needed to do was find an extra locker room in the building somewhere. Yeah, I was going to say for the team, we'll keep them there as long as possible because uh, we got an injured guy. We need uh, Bill Smith up. There he is. It's a, it's a little scary. But it's, it's scary to like. What if other NHL teams say we're just going to stick our affiliate in our arena? We don't care who draws. Like I would hate to think that would become well. Think, think about it, Mark. With the uh, pandemic, some teams are doing that. Didn't um, was it Calgary? Calgary moved their team. Calgary moved their from team California. Calgary was one up. of the California yeah. teams. Oh. Yeah. Um, the Manitoba Moose. Yeah. The Manitoba Moose play. Let's to clarify, team. that was the Manitoba Moose building. The Jets yeah. went into right. their building. Let's that just clarify that for everybody. But they're, they're still there now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, gee, I'd love that because, uh, you know, back in the good old days of Flyers fandoms, uh, hockey nights yeah. back-to-back, you Those just walk. Nice. It's not the same building, but you walk across, not even the street, you walk across the parking lot. Oh, that was fantastic. Just, that. Absolutely. Let's move them to Adirondack just so we can get back to Allentown. Yay! <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so uh, by a lot of measures, I think the California move, as much as we don't like it, as much as I don't like it in New England because I lost two teams. It's and it's the A, so you never get to see them. <laughs> there's, no, there's no such thing as a, a long road trip uh, for the California teams. Exactly. But – You'd hope I'd hope that AHL TV would change that, right? Especially for its price. Like if you're a real hardcore hockey fan, and I I don't know casual AHL fans. I just don't. I'm sure they're out there, but every AHL person I've ever speak sp- speaking to, spoken to, or uh, not you, Dave. Uh, <laughs> I'm ca- I'm I'm about as casual an AHL fan as you can get. Uh, I mean that watches, but the, not just. Re- you're you're on a you're you're past casual. You're just meh. <laughs> Canadians don't get to talk about the American Hockey League. You've got you've got like hockey team. You can't throw a cat without hitting a hockey team. Don't like, throw the they're, cat. They're surra- you're <laughs> surrounded by hockey at all times. It's not the same here in the states. <laughs> I always yeah. wondered where that expression came from. Who was throwing cats at things? Monty Python were throwing cats. <laughs> <laughs> no, but my point was is um, with. Most AHL, almost ADD away. Most AHL fans are fans that love hockey enough to pay to watch it. So I think part of that draw is now this is affordable, especially compared to any of the major leagues, but especially the NHL TV. And it's it's hockey, especially right now. Every night 
and I can't see those teams right now, I'm going to buy them. I don't know if they have enough market. I, I just don't think that's a big enough market to, to make a dent. I hope it would be, but I I don't Oh, no, I, I'm sure it's extra revenue, but I don't think it's making a dent in the over overhead, no. But yeah. I can see <laughs> – well, all these – all of these leagues, every league, maybe not the NFL. I don't know. I don't know. Either. They want what they pursue is the casual fan. The diehards are there no matter what. If they're playing in an outdoor barn, the diehard fans are going to buy their ticket, buy the hoodie, buy their mittens, and bring a hot chocolate and watch the game. <laughs> but all these, all these. Um, leagues want the casual fan. They need new eyes. They need to keep growing the league, and that that's like that's that magical formula that they're they're all looking for. And that's where I think AHL TV just kind of falls by the wayside. That a casual fan isn't gonna isn't gonna care about the fact that they can watch the entire you know every every game that happens in the AHL. They want to see they want to see the the stars that they might have heard of. They want to see Crosby. And Ovechkin and Pasternak, and you know, they want to see those guys. They don't. They have no idea who's who's what's it is playing in Charlotte. They don't care. Who's what's it? Well, even the NFL is is after casual fans. I mean, look at the halftime show. There's a reason why the halftime show is. You know, football fans are always like, I don't want to see this band, or I don't even know who these guys are. Right? Like, they yeah. they're trying to get everybody else who doesn't watch football. Well, they got tired of all the old geezer white bands, so let's try something different. <laughs> when the Eagles were last in the Super Bowl before they won, Paul McCartney was the halftime show. I love Paul McCartney, but every one of my friends that I was at the house at watching the game left, except me and the guy and the girl's father's house I was at. Watching, there's 12 of us. Everybody left, but me and the old man were like, hey, Paul McCartney. <laughs> all right, um, so- Oh, go ahead. Uh, I just um, before you moved on, uh, before we stopped, because um, this is technically in the South, but there's um, there's there's two uh, outdoor games happening this weekend still, apparently. And uh, Kelly, I just wanted you to share your observation that you made earlier this week because I thought it was hilarious about where it is. Oh, the the ice rink on the golf course. Yes. Like, yeah, <laughs> if, you, if you can't make hockey whiter, <laughs> putting, hockey putting, everyone. putting a hockey rink on a golf course, I I just I In hope, Lake Tahoe. I hope that they have looked into the history of that course and that that it has not been a segregated course. So it's it's like they <laughs> they have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> They don't. Well, remember last week you were talking about the Old Boys Club. You had that great shot at um, uh, at Mar- Mar- Mario Lemieux and that reporting stuff at the Old Boys Network. And as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, shit, they did they pick the golf course. God damn it. Why? Anywhere else wide open that's cold. And we went with Lake Tahoe. Okay. All right. So one one more one last question before we wrap up here. You've been at this for a little while. Um, if the NHL feels the need to expand again or move a team, are there any cities left that they should consider? Any yeah, southern right. cities? Oh, southern shit. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, Quebec's an old Houston, trainer. and I would, I would say Houston, Houston. Texas. I, I really think that Carolina's going to be in Houston in four or five years. 
I have this weird feeling. Um, and I do think Atlanta's going to get a, a third shot. Really? Okay. I really – look at all the other – this is not me – this is not going to be me slamming on Batman for a second and a day take over right after I'm done. Um, the, the, we talked to Lloyd Brown on that episode about Southern sports in general, and he made it clear – it wasn't the fans, and you guys, we talked about it on this day. It wasn't the fans that wanted that team gone. I have a feeling that by the end of the decade, there's going to be another There's going to be another Atlanta team. That's a hot take. It's a very hot take, but mark, it, mark my words. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go past that. I don't think Carolina's moving. I don't think Arizona's moving. I don't think anybody's moving. But I do think Houston's going to get a team, and I do think Portland's going to get a team, and et cetera, et cetera. I think some of these owners are going to make a strong push for expansion because they've lost so much money on the pandemic. And what a what easier way is there to make up some of those lost funds? Sure. What did, what did Seattle pay to get expansion? in? Didn't they pay two billion or something stupid? Or? Well, Kelly, you're the one that pointed out that it like doubled, it like tripled even from when Vegas or something. Yeah, I, I forget what the number. I is. can't remember the number. Hundred million or something like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. Two, that's, that's, it's an excellent point. And the other, the other um, uh, good thing for the owners is they don't have to split expansion money with the players. So well, here's the thing. It was 650 million, by the way. And here's the thing. Just to piggyback on what Kelly and what Dave was saying, Dave makes a great point. Vaccinations are happening. All you anti-vaxxers, you're not a problem anymore. You know. So this whole this herd immunity thing is going to be starting to happen by the end of the year. Just is scientifically. Period. So. People are going to start being let back into these buildings. People are going to be nuts about getting to a sporting event. I can see that expansive stuff working. I absolutely – now that you mention it, based on that, oh, yeah, we're going to stick a team in Houston. I need to go to the hockey game. I need to go. Let's go. You know? Well, think of it Think of it this way, too, right? Like, it's not – the NHL is not the NFL. Uh, the, the TV contract, the national TV contract is not overwhelming. Right, like it's not like in the NFL or the NBA where you can take your TV money and and not have to worry about anybody walking in the door. So if I'm going to get a smaller slice of the national TV pie, eh, it's not that big a deal. But you know, my slice of four billion dollars or whatever I can bring in from a bunch of expansion teams is going to be pretty significant. Yeah. I don't think it's a wise move. Oh yeah, it's, it's gonna it's gonna upheaval the hell out of it. It's it's this weird thing. I'm kind of almost on board with Kelly, where I'm just so tired of the sometimes indefensible and almost across the board bad decisions the NHL makes on things. Um, it just gets old, and at the same time, where I'm like, I'm so tired of this league. I want more hockey. <laughs> So I want it to happen, but it's just weird. If it's on, I'll watch it. But I, I don't know how I feel about it right now. I, you know, we're not talking about COVID stuff, but man, I just don't understand how you could have such a great bubble and then just cluster bumble effort with 
two uh, well, two weeks in, we're going to have to change protocols again. Two weeks in, we're going to have to change protocols again. When the NBA, as far as we know, are doing fine. Oh, no, the NBA just shut down a couple games because of COVID. Are you serious? Never mind. Yep. Take it all back. Yep. NHL's doing great. <laughs> and you want, you want a, a good laugh? Take a look at the MLB for COVID precautions they agreed to. There's I, I some, don't even care. There's some head scratchers in there. So, well, I hope you guys enjoyed tonight's discussion. It certainly was lively. Are, 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 is the MLB hoping that the vaccinations are just rolled out faster and they're all going to get vaccinated? Is that what's going on? Hey, you know what? Because it could like be happening. Saying, halfway through the season, everybody should be vaccinated, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, in that case, at this point, I'm so exhausted with telling and, and suggesting that people should be safer. I'm just, good, play for me. Entertain me. I don't care anymore. But if Oscar Lindblom doesn't get better, after beating cancer, we're going to have a problem, Comcast, owners of the Philadelphia Flyers. All right. So um, at the end of the show, this is where we talk about any trips that we've been on since we all last got together. Mark, you are really the only one here doing any kind of traveling. Have you been anywhere? Yes, I have. I actually went to a, a hockey game last Friday. I saw that, yeah. The Indie Fuel, a friend of mine called me up, said she had a free ticket. It was $3 beer night, dollar hot dog night. Drove to the game. And, and COVID uh, for free. So free COVID. And uh, I have a, a, took a video on some of the uh, action that was going on. Number one, it did not feel as if anybody was socially distancing. I know that people were sitting, you know, properly distanced in the stands. But once they were waiting online for that $3 beer, Everybody was bunched up. Well, there's not a lot of room. There's not a lot of room in that indoor court. There isn't. There isn't. Was everybody masked up? People were masked up, yes. Yes. And uh, there's a large bar area that is usually packed that did have some people there. They had the curtain closed off. Uh, But, you know, to be honest with you, in the seating bowl, it did not feel any different than a normal night. There are some nights I've been to that arena, and the attendance has been very similar eerily similar so uh, certain nights draw better uh, they're a type of team that if they have a certain promotion Nickelodeon night Chicago Blackhawk night they, they'll pack the fans in but uh, you know it was nice to get out and do something a little bit different obviously uh, a lot of people are not going back to the arenas and, and that choice is yours my wife was invited she wasn't going in to watch hockey she's staying away from large areas but uh, it was fun. It was fun. And then the next day I drove down to Scottsburg, Indiana, which is a little over an hour away from me, about an hour and a half. And I went to the uh, Charlie E. Meyer Gym, which is home to the Scottsburg Warriors basketball team. Built in 1957, a classic old school Indiana Hoosier gym. Uh, once again, light, uh, not that light of a crowd, decent sized crowd for COVID, uh, but they had restrictions. You had to take your ticket stub. And it had to be on the phone. They they weren't taking tickets. They had four, I think, three separate entrances into the gym. Once the game was over, you had to leave. You couldn't hang around. No food or drinks were served. So even though you're getting into buildings and you're seeing some fan support, you are seeing some of the effects that the current pandemic has has had on it. You know, a a good point there you made, Mark. I, I, I believe this will be the end of the paper ticket. Oh, yeah. I could see that. Because that's just the way you can cut down that physical contact in that. Yeah. So all, you, all you ticket collectors, 
I don't think I've got a paper ticket. Um, I don't think I've had a paper ticket in like four years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but some people do collect them and some people do want that uh, physical yeah. memento. It is nice to have it, but at the same time, uh, when you can easily print your ticket out or if somebody says, hey, I have a ticket, like when we went to the College World Series, that was a last-second decision for me. That was sent to me via email, so I don't I don't have a ticket for that. Just I like, haven't had a paper ticket in a year. <laughs> you haven't had any tickets in a year, Dave, probably not. Yeah, uh, I, think, I think the majority – I know there was a big hubbub because as a schedule collector, I know quite a few ticket collectors. Um, I think at least half of the NHL teams, even for season ticket holders, it's a digital, it's a card thing now. Yeah. It's all digital. You can yeah. print it out if you need to, but there's there's no physical tickets anymore given out. They just scan your eyes. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I have to um, log into the, I have to log into the phone with my fingertip to unlock the AHL app on the TV through the browser on the TV. Uh, so it, it, we get to the arena, just be like, okay, I'm going in. Hey, I'm all for that too, but yeah, yeah, some, I guess some people like the like that, that thing. Which is the, your... the non contacting thing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, maybe we get like Mark said, an eye scanner or something. Yeah. Retinal scan. Yes. yes. Any other tri- any other trips, Mark? No, uh, I do have some basketball, some high school games uh, scheduled for the next couple of weeks. You know, the weather out here, we just had. 12 inches dumped on us, so that canceled, and we'll just see how things are going. But I'm supposed to go to Cascade High School. They have an old-time gym, and I think think that's about it for now. I, you know, there there are some other events taking place this weekend uh, in sectionals for the ladies. Uh, I may look into that, but it's just the weather out here is we're expecting to get hit with a little more snow this week, so we'll just play by ear. And uh, for me, I mean, I've been to the Trip Athletic Center, I think, another three or four times. Uh, no fans in attendance, but uh, as part of the game day staff, it's been nice to be at the gym. Uh, we're trudging along to our finish line. I think I have three more home games left, and I think one of them has already been postponed, and Ooh, one of the other three has terrible. been moved. So we are really struggling to uh, to fit in our 10-game season, and we'll we'll see if we can make it to that finish line. Uh, and it does look good for the UMass Dartmouth Corsairs. The men are leading the Little East Conference, and the women are in second place. So I could have actually have some playoff games to announce as well. So, so that's, that's all we have for tonight. Yeah, I mean, that's not really a travel. UMass Dartmouth is like 10 minutes from my house, but just to be at the games. Somewhere else. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. And, and uh, my wife really appreciates it too, let me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, speaking of, of wives kind of putting up with a lot, Kelly, thanks for joining us. Tonight. <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks for I having think, me. Kelly, get it right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, our, our listeners cannot follow you anywhere on social media. Like I said in the intro, you are smarter than the rest of us. No, but sometimes when we'll talk about hockey and she'll come up with something really good, I'll post it yeah. through the Obey the Putt Twitter. And Kelly does kind of ghost the obey the puck, doesn't she, once in a while? I think you, you post on there more often than I do, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, which is like one more time than you. Um, <laughs> before we do outros, I do want to say that next week we're going to do part two of this crossover. And uh, I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it today, and I think uh, we're going to do a what if. Nice. Of hockey. One of us is going to pick one what if of hockey each. Okay. And talk about it. I have mine right now. 
Yeah. Oh, so do I. I have mine. So do I. Okay. All right. So that would be the same time, same channel, twitch.tv slash DanLaw83. For those of you who want to watch live, Obey the Puck, same cast of wacky characters. Well, Tuesday night at 8. Five hosts and Dan, or four hosts and Dan. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's see. Where, where am I? We're leaving. That's right. Yeah, Dan. Outro, Kelly, and now you're the rest. Dan. Where could I listen to follow you online? Uh, DanLaw83 on all social media platforms and on Facebook in about 13 days. <laughs> That's it. Dan's in Twitter and Facebook jail. Yeah. Just got out of Twitter jail, went into Facebook jail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was, I actually went into Twitter jail for a day while in Facebook jail. Rehabilitation is a myth. Yes, very much. When it comes to you. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Kelly, uh, that is my job you're talking about. <laughs> you know a lost cause when you see it. Come on, Paul. <laughs> I, I shall not comment on that. Mark, get me out of this trouble here. Where can I listeners follow you online? They can follow me on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, Ballpark Hunter. I have a new video out every Monday and Thursday. We're getting the production back up twice a week. So, Ballpark Hunter. Uh, hit me up, and uh, let me know how you like it. And Dave, where can our listeners follow you online? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Profan9. Uh, currently into The Curse, which is uh, the definitive history on the L.A. Clippers. It's huge. Um, I, although, apparently... <laughs> Who that much about the Clippers? <laughs> uh, apparently, it's an Australian dude. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Profan9, tune into the Stadium Journey YouTube channel next Tuesday, uh, the 24th at 6 for the premiere episode of Obstructed Views. So Obstructed Views, Paul and I are going to talk about Little Caesars Arena. Premiere episode. New project. uh, New project. Quick hitter. For those of you who don't like listening to us for an hour and a half, you can only do like 15 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, next next Tuesday we're excited about it. Uh, Dave spent a lot of time on it. Me, not so much. So it's all Dave's Dave. If you like it, if you like it, you're welcome. If you didn't like it, Dave's fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow my stadium journeys on Twitter or Instagram at PuckmanRI. Don't forget, check out the website, stadiumjourney.com. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find us online at Stadium Journey. Uh, we're on Facebook as well. Don't want to forget Facebook. You can find the Stadium Journey podcast at vocnation.com or search VOC Nation Radio Network on whatever podcast app you use. And remember, we simulcast every other Tuesday night, or if you want to join us again on the opposite Tuesdays, obey the puck simulcast at twitch.tv slash danlaw83. And we will return, the Stadium Journey crew will return. Kelly, you could join us if you want. You know, you're always welcome. Okay. Two weeks, and this is this will be right up your alley, I'm telling you. March 2nd, we will celebrate March Madness by talking about what else? The NCAA basketball tournament, all being held in Mark's home state, the whole tournament. It's being held in New Jersey? That's your other home state. state. <laughs> my, my current place of residency. Yes, Indianapolis. That's uh, going to be exciting times here. Hopefully, uh, I don't know. I don't know what that's going to look like. Nobody from New Jersey ever drops the home state of New Jersey. It's always, <laughs> they always leave New, New Jersey. Jersey. 
We oh, leave. No. no, it's it's yeah, New Jersey is my home state. That's, yeah, that's, I live in, fact. but my home state is where yeah. pork roll is. There, I got it in. Yes. <laughs> it depending on what part of the state you live in, because it's well, Taylor. You know, there, there's there's one part that is correct <laughs> and one part that is incorrect. Yeah, and I, I think I think you and I need to do a fifteen minute podcast. What, yeah. 15 minutes. How about we do 30? And then we'll put that on the Stadium Journey uh, site as well. Do it. Yeah. Do it. Do it. So so until then. Sure, I'll produce something else. (laughs) Give it to me. I'll I'll put it together. Till then, we'll see you soon. Be safe, everyone. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have included... General Adnan, Kito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Sandy Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Nick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter, at VOC Nation. Hola, this is your amiga, Shelly from Cali. To let you know, you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro, talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls, and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out, VOCNation.com, WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network.